good tidbit for folks that are looking to invest in real estate, invest directly with the developer, you get a little bit better economics. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron, and each week my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, welcome back to Women Creating Wealth, the show where we help you to find more options, more money, and more fun because more money leads to more options, which leads to more fun. And today we have someone besides myself to, to talk to you and to share experiences to show you that this is a real thing that real people can do. So welcome, please welcome Julie Jumanville. She is the co-founder of the Geyser Group, which is a real estate development firm based in Austin, Texas. Julie's currency is helping others, and she is excited to share how she does that in real estate. Julie, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm awesome. very excited to hear your stories. Awesome. Thanks, Christine, for having me. Excited to be here as well. So Julie, were you always a real estate entrepreneur? No, actually, I have quite an interesting background, starting as a sandwich artist at Subway, um, all the way up to real estate developer now, but kind of interesting entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial story. So that's what they're calling them, sandwich artists? Oh, yeah. I was a sandwich artist at Subway, and I was really <laughs> good at it. <laughs> Awesome. And where, and then that led to what next? <laughs> that led to, um, so I actually have an interesting uh, kind of upbringing background, have amazing parents that are still together today, but we actually had a hardship when I was growing up. Um, we had a bankruptcy. And so I had to jump in, quite frankly, lied about my age and was a sandwich artist at 14 instead of 16 to just kind of help pay for volleyball uniforms and any extra stuff that I needed. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how I got started. When I was headed off to college, you know, I talked to my dad and I said, dad, you know, this has been hard for our family. You know, what major do I do to make sure um, this doesn't happen, happen to me? And he said, Julie, you need to be an engineer. And that's the farthest thing probably from what I should have done, but actually ended up being a fantastic education. So off I went with some scholarship um, to Texas A&M and civil engineering undergrad and environmental engineering masters. Celebrated with my husband, I think, eight years after getting married, paying off those loans. So good, good base education, kind of an interesting, interesting route and interesting way I chose um, my major and where to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> and then did you ever do that for a job? I, well, um, you definitely do not want me to build your bridge or your road, <laughs> but um, I did um, start an engineering firm um, called uh, Avery Environmental Services, named after my daughter's middle name. So, you know, definitely an entrepreneurial theme for myself. Um, I figured out the pieces I loved about engineering and executed on those. So we put in environmental health, safety, and quality management systems at large companies, um, all over the country. And quite frankly, a large company came to me and said, we need a female owned business. Will you um, consider starting a company and, and start working with us? And so really that's how, how it all began. It's interesting, isn't it? That, I don't know if all women realize the opportunities that they have just because they are women, just because they are the, the, the majority of minority or whatever, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're not a minority, but we're considered a minority in the workforce. So that's actually an advantage. You can get grants, you can get uh, hired just for that reason. So if you're not already touting the fact that you're a women-owned business, you should definitely do that. 
hundred percent. And then how did that bring you to where you are today? Yeah, great. So, um, so engineering firm, um, sold off those contracts and kind of worked, uh, that was my cash flow play. So, um, you know, that kind of helped keep our family afloat and, uh, started a second company, um, invented a product and did that kind of nights, weekends, um, and just when kids were in bed. And so had cash flow and hopefully what would soon turn out to be an equity play. The, the second company was a consumer products company for moms and babies. And, um, I carried around a pink presentation and, uh, raised $5 million uh, with a partner from um, some folks all over the country. And I'll tell you what, that's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And eventually sold that company to Wreck It Ben Kaiser in uh, 2019. While we were in that sales process, as you mentioned at the beginning, my currency is helping people. And so, you know, here in Austin, folks would come to me and say, hey, you know, we're looking for an office space. Um, can you recommend someone to help us? We're trying to sell a block downtown. Do you know someone that would potentially want to buy that block downtown? And and I finally said, you know what? There's something there's something here. So um, my partner and I have invested in um, some other founders, other companies. Instead of build it and they will come, we decided to kind of basically you know figure this out and and see if we couldn't um, start working on some projects and developing some projects together. And that's really how we got started about five years ago. So you, you've leveraged your experience as a sandwich artist and turned that into, because I feel like there's just a lot of creativity in that process, right? Do you get an right. opportunity to use some of your creativity? I do. Real estate is interesting. So it's, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for disruption in real estate. And it's kind of one of my, my favorite things to do. I mean, it's just, you know, you kind of look at what real estate websites, they've got, you know, landscape towers, buildings in the back, you know, um, just not really inter interacting with their investors, with their customers. Um, so it's a lot of fun. And we have a really nimble team that does let me actually insert a lot of my creativity into what we're doing. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm trying to think of a recent example. I'll think of one while we're talking. They definitely, you know, are, are great with listening to my ideas and we actually implement some of them and they make a difference. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun. So it what is. does a typical day sort of look like for you? It sounds like you have a lot of different types of projects that you're involved in. Yeah, great question. So um, at the Geyser Group, you know, we are a developer, um, you know, started out part partnering with folks in Austin on a lot of our projects. And now the majority of our projects, you know, are just, just us. We develop, we go find these projects, we um, raise money, and then we develop them ourselves. You know, Austin has been kind of boomed down here for a while. We've, you know, had Tesla and Facebook and other large groups kind of move to Austin. So we've been focused on, um, you know, just creating living spaces and, and some of that affordable living spaces um, for folks coming to town. So the majority of our projects are multifamily. We're probably in process of building about a thousand multifamily doors in East Austin. And we also do infill townhome projects. And I'm really proud because our team is, is super creative. We usually um, pick up projects that maybe have a little bit of hair on them <laughs> or a little bit difficult. Um, and we layer different types of structures as well to make sure we get that affordable housing component in, um, which I'm also very proud of. You know, I want to make sure that our, our teachers and, and, you know, folks that are having to move further and further out um, actually have some options um, within this, the city limits. And it's huge now. I mean, the cost of materials has just gone up so much that affordable housing is, it's challenging to try to create that. You've got 
people charging premiums for all, you know, all, all the different types of professions that are working on a property, their, their prices have gone so high that material prices have gone so high, not to mention the, the real estate that you're purchasing, right? To, to build and create these units. Are they more from scratch or is it more of a retrofit type of it? You know, great, great, great question, Christine. Um, and, and to your point, just to kind of put a fine point on it, construction costs, material costs, availability of labor, um, it's, it's quite challenging. It's kind of make your day pricing with a uh, you know, contractors and just finding, you know, the availability of contractors that will stay, you know, on your job and, and finish your job as well. Right. Most of our projects is land. So we, um, we've done some adaptive reuse um, and we've got a project in San Antonio that we will be an adaptive reuse for us, but we're pretty much ground up um, as far as our projects. So we're buying dirt and developing from ground up. So and that process, right? I mean, I think of the the permitting process and all the approvals yeah. and testing and stuff like that. What is your sort of arc from the time that you say, oh, we love this land, we're definitely going to buy it to when you're actually handing someone the keys? Another great question. That has changed dramatically. So with COVID, you know, backlogs in the city, you know, just rapid growth, like crazy growth in Austin, um, those timeframes you know, to get permitting done, you know, which typically would have been 18 months plus as we're seeing 24 and above, I um, mean, 24 to 36 months. And then, you know, there's just not enough people that are, that are working at the city any longer. So, you know, I feel for those guys as well. I mean, they've just got this huge backlog, everyone kind of developing in Austin. So it's, it's definitely become challenging and, you know, we're, we're, basically going in and raising money for these projects, right? So, you know, typically um, with with some of the stuff we do, you know, we need to be stabilized and then selling that asset at year five. So, you know, we buy the dirt, we go through diligence. And, you know, by the time we start that permitting process, you know, we're at least a couple of years in, um, if not further along. And so, you know, it's just getting harder and harder to develop to develop within specific timeframes. And there's just so many different unknowns as well. Also just land basis, you know, we need things to underwrite. Things got so crazy over the last year here in Austin. We're smart. Um, we are, are buying smart and we're layering, layering, like I said, different types of programs that the city, um, you know, provides as far as affordable housing to, you know, maybe not pay property taxes, et cetera, because we're willing to get, you know, do 50% of our projects as affordable housing, but, you know, lots of, lots of challenges as far as time permitting um, and delivering a project these days. And can you talk a little more about the fundraising piece? Cause you did fundraising for the company that you took, that you sold, right. Mm -hmm. When you, when you raise your $5 million and now you're doing some, some, you know, ca capital you know, gathering for these kind of projects. Yes. How do you go about that? How do you go about just presenting these projects so that people are interested in them? Great question. So we have um, an amazing development team. So when we identify a parcel that we think makes sense, our analyst and our team will absolutely do just a quick model underwriting. And we have several different steps and, and different gates that we have to pass before we even bring the opportunity forward to our investment committee. Mm -hmm. And so um, that team will take a look and, um, you know, runs all those numbers to not get too much in the weeds. And then the investment committee, you have to have a majority vote to, to bring out a project forward. And then, you know, we do um, a deck. We typically raise money. So the GPs, which is 
myself and our partners. And uh, we also encourage and allow our employees to invest at the general partner level, which is a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things when I get a slack and, you know, our analyst who's 24 is like, I'm putting 5,000 in this deal. I mean, just amazing stuff, but Great. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. Um, so GP, we always at least take 10%, you know, of the deal, because if we're not invested in it and don't believe in the deal, then obviously we shouldn't expect that anyone else would. Right. Um, and then we do an LP raise. So limited partner raise, um, you know, we create a deck, we get that out. We have um, a database of over kind of 2000 folks. We've had some successful projects here in Austin and it's so fun because we have a lot of repeat investors and we have a lot of like entrepreneurs that are investing with us as well, which I'm, I'm really actually proud of. Christine, who was, uh, you met earlier, helps us kind of run that process and uh, we answer questions and, you know, these days, you know, our raises happen pretty quickly. Um, we've got a lot of trusted folks as we've performed in the past and we, a raise will take, you know, four to five weeks for, for a property. One thing that's interesting about Geyser's deals is that um, our investors only pay one level of promote. I don't know if this is, would be interesting for people to understand. Um, and the contrast is, is if you're investing in a real estate fund, you're paying the developer, so a Geyser, as well as that fund manager. So it's kind of called double promote. So when you invest in deals directly with a developer or with Geyser, for example, um, you only have that one level of promote and kind of better economics. Promote is only paid if the deal, you know, goes well um, and after investors, you know, secure a preferred return. That's another interesting thing about our structure and also just a good tidbit for folks that are looking to invest in real estate, invest directly with the developer, you get a little bit better economics. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, this is kind of an off the cuff, it's a question I don't know the answer to, so maybe I shouldn't ask it, but (laughs) do you think that this is a good way for people who might like say, well, someday I would like to do a project, you know, maybe a little project, but is this a way that people would actually learn something through the process about how it all works? We are absolutely, and I'm glad you asked that question. Um, We actually have an investor. She invests with us quite a bit. And uh, she said, I want to learn more. Can I, you know, so she was investing, you know, some, some decent dollars with us. And she said, can I sit in? Can I learn more? Um, what would that look like? And we've absolutely allowed her to do that. And we were honored, right? That she wanted a little bit deeper level of detail, just kind of figured out how to have her sit in on a couple of key meetings, our underwriting process, et cetera. And we were happy to do it. So Typically, if someone asks, we're happy to share that. And what you're going to learn, I mean, we're going to send an investment deck. I can run folks through um, what that model looks like, you know, what returns look like, explain, you know, or have our analysts help with that as well, explain, you know, how that works. And so you definitely learn a lot in that process, but we definitely would take it one step further. That's one of our favorite things to do is teach, um, teach others what we're up to. Cool. Yeah, that's great fun. And that's, you know, because I recommend to people, if you think you think you want to buy a place and rehab it, then go work with someone and help them do that, right? And th- and this would be even an order of magnitude more right. interesting and, you know, fascinating. And so do you take the general public as, you know, like just somebody who might be listening who thinks, man, that sounds so exciting. I really would like to invest. Is, is that something that someone could do or is it just a certain category yeah, of people? Absolutely. Um, so I... We have an amazing marketing fellow that joined us um, after graduating from UT, and he actually ran some LinkedIn ads and uh, acquired 
two, three, three investors for one deal. People that were just looking for opportunities, wanted opportunities in Austin. And um, I'm pretty proud of Jorge because um, helped bring in three new people to our network. So absolutely, we, um, you know, can go to our website, thegeysergroup.com and, you know, you can just fill out a form and basically I'll probably be the one calling you back to introduce myself. And just see, you know, Yeah, exactly. Just see how we can help. And like I said, Curtsy is helping people. So, you know, no harm, no foul if someone doesn't want to invest and just wants to learn more. Christina, I wanted to mention to you the gal that um, asked if she could dive a little deeper that was an investor um, for Geyser mm-hmm. actually started a group called the Augustine Group here in Austin. It's a female only investment group. And wow. her thesis and idea is she's been investing for years. Um, she's very knowledgeable in the real estate space, but she also invests in funds and consumer products, et cetera. She realized that she wanted to help teach. She gets a lot of questions and so do I. And so she wanted to help teach women. It's okay if you don't know what IRR is. It is internal rate of return. Let me explain it to you. So we meet monthly. We have speakers. We are all learning and investing together. And, you know, when I got started, I mean, and I still can't invest massive dollars, right? So we pool our capital together and invest. We set up a special purpose vehicle, an SPV, invest in different, you know, opportunities, real estate, consumer products. It's, I've learned so much and it's been such an amazing experience. And one thing too, I think women have a little bit of a disadvantage on deal flow. You know, I wasn't seeing, or maybe it's because I didn't raise my hand and say, I'd like to see deals. I can't invest in everything, but you know, I'd like to see some great you know, opportunities. And so I feel like our deal flow, you know, through this group of women and us kind of being vocal about wanting to learn, invest together, work together, and being able to meet some of these minimums has given us a lot of great opportunity. It's one thing I'm really proud of and and love being involved with. Excellent. Now, how, when you just got started in the real estate space, do you feel like it's different for women? I mean, you mentioned one way in which you didn't feel like you were um, maybe an equal partner at the table when people were considering deals, but are, are there other ways in which you think women maybe have an either disadvantage or perhaps an advantage in this, in the real estate space? I would say real estate in Austin, because I'm just going to speak to what I know, right. you know really locally is mm-hmm. it's male dominated. I mean, it really, and you can look at the stats and the numbers across the country, right. And, and see that and um, totally Totally fine. Totally get it. I feel like most women that I see in real estate are, you know, agents, right? Residential agents. Uh, Maybe I know some fabulous commercial agents that do an amazing job, you know, here in Austin and you don't see tons of female developers. And so I think there's just a missing, like, I just don't think there's enough um, awareness. Like when you're in college, for instance, that, you know, Hey, commercial real estate could be a great career for you. Maybe it's just an agent or maybe it's going deeper. You know, it's not anything that anyone ever talked to me about, you know, and I was an engineer, I was a civil engineer. That'd be a great group of folks, you know, to say, Hey, have you thought about, you know, considering a career in real estate? I am seeing more um, real estate kind of master's programs like Texas A&M has one now. I am seeing a shift and seeing younger women, you know, starting to get interested and actually am getting some college girls reaching out and saying, Hey, do you have an internship? Can I shadow? I'd love to learn more, which 
of course, is my favorite thing to do. I just, I feel like there's not many of us in the profession. You know, as far as disadvantages, I mean, I feel like I've been, I'm taken seriously. You know, I'm an engineer, so due diligence is something that, you know, obviously goes hand in hand with my major and my experience. I also feel like, you know, I've been in Austin since 98. I've helped a lot of people in this town. And so I have just a natural, you know, kind of credibility through being an entrepreneur and helping kids get internships and jobs. And, you know, can you help me get my kid into this school? (laughs) So all those coffees, which was way too many coffees early in the day have translated and really helped me a lot um, with calling an owner that's had a property for many generations and saying, will you let me buy it? And they're said, you know, you know what, Julie, we know you, we love you. Yes, let's let's talk about it. So, you know, with finding properties and investors, um, I feel like I've had a lot of success um, just with those two pieces of real estate. So, excellent. That's yeah. It's I feel like it's more of a, as you said, planting the idea, planting the seed, and maybe you're not going to find somebody. But I I I think real estate has that anyway, right? You go to a financial planner, they're never going to say, "Well, why don't you go buy some real estate?" Right? I mean, right. It's just one of those things that you almost have to learn about through some backdoor method. So I guess I don't necessarily blame people for not suggesting that you get into commercial real estate because I think a lot of people just don't even, it's not on their radar screen, but it's good to hear that people are, I mean, I think it's not the default, I guess is what I want to say, that it's not necessarily the default that a person is going to work with you and they're going to assume that you know something about building that they're going that you're going to know something about. I mean, I'm, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about this guy that I hired the other day just to come in and just do a little tiny thing. Yeah. I just needed a piece of, oops. I just needed a piece of Luan on the back of some cabinets. And I just said, you know, I just want to, and I thought I had set, used the word Luan, but then later in the conversation, he started explaining to me what Luan was. And I thought, um, okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. I, get, I I think I already told you I wanted that there. Like, you don't have right. to explain to me how this works. You know, that is my chop saw over there. You know, it just like, a, there's just a, a sort of an expectation that, you know, we're going to have to educate the little lady about how all this stuff works. But right. you're right. Once you start to work with someone, once they get to know you and they understand, oh, gee, you know, this person knows a lot and I can respect them. Then I guess I just don't think it's necessarily the default position, whereas you might assume that a man knows something that you might assume that a woman doesn't by, you know, that same person who assumes a man knows something might assume that the woman just doesn't have Right. No, I I completely agree with that. And wealth managers or folks that manage your securities, manage your money, they make, you're just, if you think about it, you're not aligned, right? I mean, they are making money off of what you have invested in equities, right? And so it's very rare that you hear someone talk about alternatives, right? Granted, yes, they're more risky, but I mean, real estate in Austin, Christine, I did two raises, one for 5 million and another for 6 million, um, kind of in this heat of this recession and time frame. And I was nervous about, you know, because people usually sell equities to invest in real estate, but quite frankly, people were excited to kind of diversify and have you know, something else in their portfolio. And so, you know, at the Geyser Group, I mentioned, we have a lot of entrepreneurs kind of in our network and we are doing a probably more education than normal um, with this group of folks, but um, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to do that. And because my two partners, Dan and Matt are, have, are more entrepreneurial and have been successful in business, 
that tends to be who our LP, limited partner profile is. And it's really not the same as what you would typically find for other developers. You're really, you're typically raising from folks that actually have some decent real estate knowledge and experience and, and, and have typically invested in real estate before. So I feel like we've kind of, I don't know, feel that, that void and that we are capturing folks that not, that would not normally invest in real estate, educating them and then bringing them alongside of us. And you know, making them some money, which I love. Those are my favorite calls to make. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. I really, I love what you're doing. I, I oh, love it. It's fantastic. So Julie, I'm not suggesting that anybody should try to do exactly what you're doing, but if you, if you, if someone had an inkling that they wanted to sort of go in, in this direction and go toward this, you know, this idea of maybe doing not a syndication, but some kind of like a, just a, a partnership where they got a couple people together and did a project or something. I mean, I guess if someone were interested in taking the next step from just being an entrepreneur to being a real estate involved entrepreneur, do you have any advice for them? What kind of things you might suggest that they do to start or to educate themselves? Obviously, I think they should call you right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to take some calls. I, mean, I would love to share my experience and at you know, would be happy to do that. So um, it's pretty easy to, pretty easy to find me. I think I'm listed, my, my email is listed directly on the website. I'm trying to think like, I didn't read any books or anything like that. I'm a big believer in the power of just authentic, authentic networking yeah. and asking lots of questions. Yeah. So there, um, there's a national organization called ULI. That's a real estate group. Um, if you just you know, Google search in your kind of area, you know, real estate investing, usually some great resources will pop up. So I had my now 20 year old, we did a real estate project together. We bought a hundred thousand dollar house. I mean, obviously financed it, that type of thing, but he told me he wanted to make money while he was at school and he was in high school. So I made him listen. I said, before I'll talk to you, you need to look to listen to old school, rich dad, poor dad, <laughs> which is great. Residual great. income. The power of residual income, you know, great book. That's just a little side note and funny story, but um, there's tons of resources out, out there. And, you know, I would absolutely make myself available to talk to anyone um, about how to get started. Unfortunately, because I didn't go to a book, I just started networking and talking to people about real estate. I talked to, you know, I'm sure, you know, folks that are listening today, at least a residential realtor, right? right? And, you know, talk to them. And and I, I believe in starting, you know, kind of small. So maybe it's an investment house like Reese and I did, right? That creates some cash flow. You get to learn a lot, you know, in that process and then work your way up. I love just having as many coffees and conversations as possible with people that are in that space. I love the power of LinkedIn. You look at your LinkedIn and you'll have people in your network that you never even realize right. that um, are in real estate. So my philosophy is talk to as many people as possible, and I will put myself in that bucket. I'm happy to do it. Excellent. Fantastic. I don't think you could yeah. get a better resource, <laughs> but you can call me too. I'm a residential real estate agent doing my first commercial project. So I'd be happy to awesome. help people as well. Here, I, I would love to ask that question back to you. What resources would you recommend going from residential to, you know, a small commercial project? Yeah, I should have talked a lot to a lot more people. I I just thought it was going to be pretty much the same. And there were a lot of different rules, a lot of different yeah. sorts of things that, you know, you can do as a homeowner or, a, you know, a, a person who just has their uh, home improvement contractor's license or something that you can't do with a commercial project. So absolutely, I should have called you. I should have. 
<laughs> should add more coffee. Well, I mean, to your point, I think it's just great I'm talking to as many people as possible because you always learn something that you probably didn't already know. So especially, and, and, you know, don't discount the, the value of talking to people in your area, because there might be some nuances about that project or about the town or whatnot that you might not be aware of before you exactly. start the project. So someone who's done what you're doing, right. Just, you know, success leaves clues, find someone who's done what you want to do and talk to them, right. Maybe they'll answer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. So Julie, what question do you wish I would have asked you that I just have failed to ask that we just, something we didn't touch on that you would like to cover? Is there anything that you, that you um, want to share? That's a great question. You know, I did, I did touch on this um, some, but I do believe that um, it's really important for, for women, especially to just build a healthy network of folks that they can talk to really about anything. Right. So it could be, you know, personal professional business, but I have relied on my network throughout 26 of marriage, 26 years of marriage, you know, three different, three very different careers, um, including, you know, some really great mentors that have been fantastic along the way. And so I just don't be shy, um, ask a lot of questions and just build that network. You'll be so surprised how an opportunity can come from that. And quite frankly, that's where Geyser came from. Um, that's where the Geyser group you know, I was meeting with my mentors and people that I, I really trust who's also a partner. We were talking about, you know, hey, there's all these people coming to us asking about um, if we can help them and make recommendations in real estate. And we decided to pull our resources and see what we could do and see if we could help people. And, and that's why the Geyser Group is here today. And so I'm really, really proud of that. But that literally came from thoughtful conversation in my network. Yeah. Listening to people, recognizing that you don't know everything and just like trying to gather as much info as you can while also hopefully giving back and sharing your knowledge with others, exactly. which I, obviously you do. And I'm just encouraging listeners to do the same thing. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Julie, thank you so much. I love talking with you. I love your energy. I love your attitude. You're fantastic. Thank you so much, Christine. Um, happy holiday week. And it was such a pleasure to meet you. And it sounds like we should, uh, Catch up for a virtual coffee and uh, talk about some Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.